0: Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Welcome everybody on this nice sunny day. I know everybody likes the sun, but I'm hot and sweating, but it's still a beautiful day. So thank you for all making your way out. We're excited. Um, And as Ron mentioned, uh, Pastor Ricardo is not with us today um, because he's up north celebrating uh, Addison. And so we're all super excited. Um, to have her in our family. and um, My name is Josh. I'm a staff member here um, on the team. And uh, Pastor Ricardo just wanted me to introduce our speaker today. Um, He is a close family friend of ours and a good friend of mine. I actually had the privilege when I was in college to do an internship um, with Dwayne. So Dwayne Montague and his family are here, um, and we're so blessed to have them. And we're going to be hearing today from him on the power of God's word. Thank you so much. Good morning. Hello. I am. I am very glad to be back with all of you again. Uh, but quite a lot has happened since the last time we were together, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. What a year! And it's only September, right? <laughs> yeah. Amen. Right. <laughs> it still feels like it's like March has just kept going on and on and on forever. Uh, I'm th- honestly the first time I've ever preached to a bunch of cars. I feel like I'm in the Disney movie cars and um, I'm here with you guys. So it's crazy. I'm so glad to see so many of you here today. What, a, what an amazing day. Beautiful day. Great worship. But yes, a crazy year. Um, and if you've had a crazy year like me, we all have. Uh, My family um, has had a little weird thing. My daughter, my oldest daughter, graduated from college virtually. My son, oldest son, started college virtually. Uh, My other two kids go to school virtually. 90% of my work and social interactions have been virtual. Uh, We're doing church virtually. We've had birthday parties virtually. And I think if we could figure out a way, we would have dinner virtually. But it just doesn't work to share food across a computer screen. So, you know. It's nice to actually be with people today. I actually was able to shake hands with some people today. I'm not sick, so don't worry. Um, But it's so good to just be around people and in church and to see each other face-to-face and not have to just look through a screen, because God created us for these moments of community to be together, and whatever it looks like, whatever it takes to have the kingdom of God and people of God together, it's worth it. So I'm so glad you're here today with us. What a great day. Uh, I know, (laughs) thank you. I love this. This is great. I, I know Pastor Ricardo wishes he was here today, but the one thing you also can't do virtually is have a baby. Kind of have to do it in in person, so uh, we're glad they're up there. I talked to him a little bit this week about what we're going to talk about, and I know he's been preaching a lot about this idea of, um, of power, and in this weird season of we've heard a lot about power rolling blackouts turn off your ac i am so glad the power we're talking about today is not dependent on governments or communities it's coming straight from the one who created us and created power and that's what we're talking about today So I'm so glad we're going to talk about that. Before we do, do you just want to join me in a word of prayer real quick? God, I thank you for a day like this. What a beautiful day to be together. And whatever it looks like, God, we know around this country, around the world, people have gathered, they're praying, they're worshiping, they're listening to the word of God, and whatever it looks like, We know that you're here. Where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are here. So you're with us and you're going to be with us today. And I pray that anything I may say, anything we get from worship, that you will be present, that you will bless it, and that you will take us from here and say, let us live out a great life for the one who created us, no matter how crazy the year may get. You're in control and we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to share some thoughts today on words. Uh, Before I was a pastor, I was an English teacher and words excite me. As a kid, I loved words. I actually actually love to find unusual words and use them in conversation, which can get awkward sometimes because people don't know what I'm saying. When I was a kid, I actually read the dictionary. I was a weird kid, I admit that, but I read the dictionary. And as a writer, I love to turn phrases and compose sentences and ensure the words I use convey the heart behind everything I'm going to say. I got excited today because I realized it was about words. And so I did a little bit of research and hopefully this, sh- this fact that I wanna share with you is not too uh, shocking, but here it is. The average person speaks 11 million words a year over the course of a year, 11 million words. That is a lot of words. Uh, some people don't speak that many. Some people definitely do. My oldest daughter speaks at least 11 million words a month. So, you know, and I'm sure you know someone like that too, right? Some people just use a lot of words. And uh, by the time you hit 65 years old, you've probably spoken 715 million words. Now, after you've spoken that many words for that many years, you tend not to think so much about the words you're using. You say things to people, about people, around people. You talk about things you like and things that you don't like. You talk at church, uh, except when Pastor Ricardo was preaching, I'm sure. All these words, after so long, we kind of forget the power our words have. I mean, when you think carefully about it, we realize that our words are incredibly powerful things. They can build up, they can encourage, they can motivate. Words also tear down, hurt, cause horrible scars. Um, You ever hear this when you were a kid in the playground? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is the biggest lie I ever said as a kid. Right? I mean, I, I, I had people say stuff to me when I was a kid that I still remember. I, I remember this time. My parents were missionaries when I was a kid, so we had to visit a lot of churches. And over the course of the summer, we would visit a new church every Sunday. And missionary kids are kind of weird anyway, because they, they're never in the same place. And so we had to go to this church, and the, uh, the pastor introduces uh, to me to the rest of the kids in the little classroom. He's like, this is Dwayne. And I'm a fifth grader, so I'm like, okay. And this other kid goes, well, hi, nice to meet you, Danielle. I'm like no, it's, it's Dwayne. He goes, "Oh, I know, Daniel. For some reason, this kid wanted to call me a girl's name, and I gotta tell you, I still feel the sting of that here. And I'm that was when I was in fifth grade. I'm old now, and so I'm still. I'm like, my name is Dwayne. Please call me Dwayne. And you know, I'm still feeling that. Now, words can hurt, but words can also do incredible things, like joy, and they can bring life to you. I remember the first time my wife said." I love you to me. It was one of the most amazing moments of my life. She said it to me on my birthday, so that was a great birthday gift. Uh, she said it to me in the middle of a room where lots of other people were, and so she kind of looked at me, I love you. And I was like, I wasn't ready for that. So that's why I said, well, I, I really, really like you too. And then we had a long conversation about how to make sure we say the right words to each other because that was my first mistake. I, uh, I like hearing the words you're hired when I got a job, I love the words, your, your kids are such a joy to be around. I love the word, yes, you can have more ice cream. Words are great, words can do so much. But Solomon reminds us in the book of Proverbs that this the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Let's say that again the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk, will reap the consequences and that means whether it's good or whether it's bad there's going to be something that comes as the result of the words that we say i think solomon's words are especially important in a year like this has anyone else heard a lot of words this year whether (laughs) amen Whether it's words we use or words we hear on the news or read online or in a text message or share on social media, so many words. And when emotions are high and everyone has an opinion on viruses and elections and lockdowns and politics and social issues, it's easy to get caught up in the emotion and just start talking. We may shout praise for the people we agree with and shout something a lot less kind to the people that we don't. We get on our social media, or on Facebook, or Instagram, or whatever gram-ish thing you're using today, and we hit share, or like, or retweet, words that reflect our emotions about all the things that we're facing this year, and we don't think much about it the next day. But God is thinking about it. He's always thinking about what we're doing. There's a saying, you may have heard it, the internet is forever politicians are totally afraid of that right now because i posted something you know 10 years ago and oh my goodness i forgot i said that and next thing you know it comes up and you're canceled the internet is forever but guess what god is a lot longer than that jesus made clear in the book of matthew that god's attention to our words matters in the book of matthew jesus says and i tell you this you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak Now, I don't know about you, but that kind of freaks me out a little bit because I love words, but I don't always choose them carefully. You know, we expect God to be unpleased and unhappy with the big words, you know, the the swears. I don't need to repeat them here. You know what they are. But Jesus says the careless words, the NIV, the international version, calls them empty words. These are things that we say every day about people, about things, about events and they do nothing to help them bring light and share good it's the things that we say to the person who cut us off on the freeway that one hurts by the way because i know i've yelled many choice um empty words at people since i moved to california i thought the traffic was bad in washington and then i get here like oh okay i guess we're not moving for the next three hours even driving here this morning I had to be careful because I was like, oh, I'm on, my, I'm on my way to preach at church and I'm like, that guy coming." me. I, careless, idle words, Dwayne, be careful. It's a throwaway comment we make about a person's looks or their income or the kind of car they drive. It's how we talk around our family when we're irritated, how we talk about our employers when they've disappointed us and they aren't around. It's what we say about leaders in our country that we like and the leaders that we don't like careless empty words often said for very little good reason you know god doesn't like the swears that's clear but god also doesn't like these idle words either and he makes clear to you and me that someday we will need to address what we've said god knows that our words matter and he is encouraging you and me to pay attention to think before we speak, to choose our words with great care. My grandmother, uh, and you've, you've heard the saying, my grandmother always said, if you can't say something nice, what? Don't say nothing at all. And yet, how many of us ignore the great words from our grandmothers and our parents who told us that? We don't think about it. I want to confess something to you about pastors. Uh, this is true about Pastor Ricardo. It's true about me. We are very, very human people. We are very careful about choosing our words for our sermons. I mean, I sat there yesterday and as I was going through it again and going through it again on Friday, and I rewrote a big section of it because, oh, it just doesn't sound. We're very careful about choosing these words. We think carefully. We ponder. We use words like ponder because we know that's a good pastoral word. We pause. We contemplate. We want every word to be just right, but then I remember one Sunday where I preached, and It was an incredible sermon. I am not trying to brag here. Honestly, it was just really good. People were getting convicted. The Holy Spirit's working. All these amens, you know, cars are honking. And I knew the sermon I was preaching. I I mean, I was nailing it. It was so good. I finished the prayer at the end, totally praising God. And I felt like so spiritual, like, oh, Lord, thank you for using me today. How amazing. I mean, I probably should have been hanging out with Peter and Paul. I mean, it was that apostolic moment. I was just, oh, right in the zone. I walked into the room behind the stage and found someone had spilled Diet Coke all over my Bible. Suddenly, every word I was saying now was the exact opposite of everything I had just done in my sermon. I stopped thinking carefully, and I just went off. Who did this? Why doesn't anyone pay attention? You spilled soda on the word of God? I kind of went off for too long until I realized, oh, <laughs> I, I always want to spill the soda on my Bible. Sorry see we're human we have these great moments of spirituality and then we something clicks and happens and we just stop thinking carefully about our words this is why james the brother of jesus wrote in his book in james chapter 3 with the tongue we praise our lord and father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in god's likeness out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing I love what James says next. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Or, as it says in the King James, brothers and sisters, this ought not be. I I know what's going to happen. We just sang worship. We had an amazing time of praising God together. We're amening, we're honking, and we're going to get in our cars or stay in our cars, and we're going to drive out, and the minute we're off the parking lot, or even while we're in the parking lot, something is gonna bug us and we're gonna snap at our spouse, at our kids, at the driver in front of us, at the person in the parking team who's telling us not to go the way that we feel we should get to. It's amazing how fast it happens. And James is saying to us, guys, we praise God and sing these great songs and then five seconds later, we're yelling at the people who God created. This ought not be. You you can ask your kids, um, you can ask your kids to help you with this. Uh, how can you control the power of your words? How can you use this right? Uh, kids are a great way of helping you because they always are thinking and watching you. My kids are so quick to correct me if I use the word incorrectly or say something. The other day I went to say something and my brain literally just stopped working, and I, I went to say I texted my dad. I don't know why he said that, but here's what his response was, and what came out was, hey yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And my kids started laughing. I'm like, okay, I deserve that one. But have you ever done it where you use a word in normal conversation and you say it like awkwardly and your kid's like, did you just say, yes, I said that. And you're not nice and no allowance or dinner for you. You can get your kids help. Maybe they can give you a punch every time you use a word incorrectly. Um, Or maybe a swear jar not really a swear jar because none of you swear. I know that you're all very holy people. But maybe it's a jar where instead of the swears, you put a quarter in for every time you use an idle or careless word. Problem is if you did that, you'd have to have a huge jar. I mean, you'd have to have a bank because we do it all the time. Jesus says this, what you say flows from what is in your heart. So how do we change how we use our words? Well, we change what's in here. It doesn't matter, I can look at all the dictionaries I want, I can practice all these great words, but if my heart does not change, then it doesn't matter, I'm gonna say what's in here. And this year we're seeing a lot of that. What's in here, it's coming out in what people are saying and people are talking about. If you listen to people talk, you'll quickly get an idea of what's in their hearts. If words are filled with anger or bitterness, there's a heart that's filled with the same thing. If words are unkind and rude, there's a heart that's filled with selfishness and pride. If words are filled with cheeseburger and french fries and a Diet Coke, there's a heart that's ready for a stop at In-N-Out. You get the idea though, right? Whatever's inside of us, whatever we're spending our time thinking about and dwelling on and pondering, there's that pastoral word again, it's going to come out in what we say. It's going to come out. We can't stop it. Remember what James said, brothers and sisters, this is not the way it should be. My parents moved um, from Washington, where they lived forever, uh, to Arizona, retirement house, you know, down to the warm weather. If, if, if you've ever been to Seattle um, and gone during the summer, congratulations, you've been there for the two nice months out of the year. The rest of the year, it's gray, cloudy. It's not so much the rain as it is just the constant depression. And so they, they were so happy to move. My dad was born in California. He lived up. He's like, I don't want to live in California. Let's move to Arizona. So they did. And usually when my parents have bought electronics, my dad's an amazing car person. He can fix any car. He used to restore Mustangs with my grandma. That's an interesting story on itself. But he's a car guy, not an electronics guy. When something had to get fixed on a computer, he would call me, and I lived close. So I'd go over and set everything up for him. When they moved... I'm four hours away, I'm not gonna drive over just to set up your TV for you, Dad. I love you, but that's not gonna happen. So we set everything up, and he called me, he goes, hey, um, I got everything set up, but something weird is happening. I'm like, oh, what's going on, Dad? Uh, I, I turn the TV on, and I have the DVD player on, and I have it on the channel that says the DVD player is supposed to play, but instead of that, it's showing me what's on the, the Roku. And then when I turn on the Roku channel, it's showing me the DVD player. And when I turn on the channel that's supposed to have the, 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 uh, the news on it, all I see is a radio. What did I do wrong? Thought about it for a second. Lady Dad, yeah, will you send me a photo of the back of your TV? I wanna, maybe I can figure it out. So he sends it to me and I realized, oh, the problem is this. You plugged all the wrong cables into the wrong places. So you've got the DVD player going to this one. You've got this. When your inputs are wrong, you can put it on any channel you want, but you're not gonna get what you're supposed to hear. You're not gonna get what you wanna see. That's how we are with our words. We can't expect our words to be filled with love and light and joy when our inputs are full of worry and anger and fear or resentment or anything else. It's not easy. It's not easy in a good year. It's even harder in a year where you've been in lockdown, where you've been in a pandemic, where you're facing another election. It's been one of these years like, how do, I, how do I, with all this input, I want to say these things that glorify God, that honor God. And sometimes I'm not doing that because my inputs are all messed up. That's why I love what Paul says in the book of Philippians. I love the book of Philippines anyway. It's one of my go-to books when I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, my life is horrible. I'm not happy. And I felt that, I, I'll you 100% honest, at the beginning of the pandemic, back in March when things first shut down, I went into massive, I don't think it was real depression, but I was so sad. I didn't like not being able to go see people. I didn't like being stuck in my house. Now, I love my family, which is great because we all like being together. But we've been together constantly for the last six months. And if you've been on a road trip with your family, you know it can only go so long until you all kind of annoy each other a little bit. Imagine as you all have experienced yourself, you're all stuck together and nobody leaves, right? So I was feeling so sad and depressed and sad. And I'm like, my wife is, I don't give her the credit she deserves for being a spiritual genius because I'm the pastor. I have the title, I had the paycheck. She was just, you know, this is my wife. She's helping me in ministry. And yet she has such great spiritual insight. She goes, you know, the re- things you're feeling is because you're focusing so much on all this other stuff. Have you looked at your Bible recently? Have you opened the word of God to see what he has to say to you? And I'm like, well, yeah, d- 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 no. I don't like to admit that I, I, I wasn't the spiritual giant that I claim to be. But I dug into the book of Philippians where Paul reminds us, you know, give thanks for everything Reminds us what to be joyful about, how to rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. And Paul in the book of Philippians, on verse 4 8, says this Fix your thoughts, fix your inputs on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Whatever is true whatever is honorable, whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Like my dad with his TV, once he adjusted the inputs, everything played the way it was supposed to. Maybe we, the church, maybe we as people, maybe we as a country, need to adjust our inputs so the picture of the world we see is not the ugly mess so full of rancor and hurt and sadness and fighting and bitterness. Maybe we need to adjust our input and see things the way that God actually does. When was the last time we focused on something that is just true? What about something that is just honorable? Right, and I don't mean right versus left, I mean, correct that is the right thing to think about? What is pure or lovely? I just love the fact that these verses are there because to change our words, we need to change our hearts. As Paul says in Ephesians 4.31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. Holy cow, is he talking about the year 2020 right there? Bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander? That's literally turning on the news every morning. That's any website that's talking about politics or race or religion. And, and Paul's saying to us, what God is saying to us, stop that, put it away, get rid of it. If someone says to you, get rid of the garbage that's in your house, because I'm, I'm sure none of you have this problem, but our, our garbage sometimes smells bad you throw the wrong kind of food in there and you forget that it's in there. And like three days later, you're like what in the world it smells so gross? And you're like, oh, it's the garbage. You don't say to yourself, oh, I should keep the garbage. It's fine. You get rid of it. And by getting rid of it, you don't just take it and put it somewhere else in the house. You take it to the trash and you throw it out. And that's what Paul was saying. Get rid of all of that. It's not worth it. When our hearts are filled with truth, honor, Love, purity, excellence, and praise, there is no room for the other stuff. When our heads are thinking on these good and admirable things from God, our words will reflect this. What we say and how we act changes. And we're finally able to use God's power to control these powerful words. Instead of looking for the bad in a situation, We need to look for the good, right? Instead of being preoccupied with ourselves, we need to think about others. Because Paul says, after reminding us to get rid of all the bad things, he says this, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you and me. That's a practical part of it. How to use this power of God to change your words. Make it something you actually really do. It's one thing to say, okay, we heard that. Thanks, Pastor Dwayne. That was great. Great sermon. But if we just drive off the parking lot and start using those idle words, we get irritated. We're not focusing on those things that are pure and trustworthy and honest and noble. (gasps) What about when you leave the church today and someone cuts you off in traffic? Bless them. Have you ever blessed someone as you're driving down the road? Don't gesture because you people can't tell what you're doing because it's very easy to to misinterpret a gesture of blessing. Maybe you're doing like a, hey, blessing, blessing. And if you gesture wrong, people are like, ah, that guy. But maybe you roll down your window and say, hey, you cut me off. I hope God blesses you so much today. Have a great day, brother. Hallelujah. First of all, everyone will look at you like you're crazy because nobody does that in California if they cut you off. But what a difference it would be on the freeway. Imagine if every person in this today in their cars, as they drove off, instead of getting irritated, just bless everyone you're driving by. Do a drive-by blessing. Wait, that didn't sound very good, but you know what I meant. When your Facebook feed and your Facebook friends start sharing stuff that turns into a political boxing match, let me tell you something that's a good idea. Don't engage. Walk away. You cannot change anybody's mind on Facebook. You can't change their mind on social media. It's not a conversation. It turns into a yelling match, and no longer are you using words that are honorable and kind and tenderhearted. It gets really ugly sometimes, and these are people you're friends with. Just put it away. Stop it. You won't change anybody's mind. You won't say stuff you'll regret later. And anyway, it's just social media. It's not real Life. Real life is what you do with friends. Real life is, well, even social distancing with your friends. You sit six six feet apart and have a conversation. If it's really important to you, don't talk about it on Facebook, have a phone conversation, get involved, have a real conversation with someone. When you get in a fight with your spouse, anybody ever do that? Is that just me? Okay, just making sure. Instead of being determined to prove just how wrong they are I am confessing in front of all of you, I am very guilty of that. I really want to prove that I'm right. And God is saying, stop doing that. Stop trying to prove something. Just love. How about this? How about next time? Honey, I'm gonna try this. She, my wife's here, with the, they're in the, the minivan over there. I'm gonna try this next time we get in a fight. Hey, honey, Robin, I hope you are filled with blessings and goodness and so amazing many things because you totally deserve it. I'm, I am sorry that, that I said that. I just hope you get blessed. Two things might happen. One is she's either going to hug me or she's going to go, I don't know what you just said, but it's better than everything else you've been saying. So let's go that route. right? It's going to change the timber of the conversation. Imagine if the kids in the playground w- when kids can be on playgrounds. But imagine if kids in the playground didn't start tattling on each other and yelling at it, but they just started, hey, you know what? I really I really like your shoes. Those are great shoes. Or, wow, I like your car. What a great car you have. If we all did that instead of yelling and fighting with other, what a difference it would make. Our freeways would be less, uh, less uh, stressful, our politics would be less divisive, and our homes would be so much happier. I said this before, that my wife is a wise woman, and I now saying it again because it's true. She reminds me daily that my words are a reflection of who I am. Your words are a reflection of who you are. If you're not focusing on things that are pure and right and noble, then that's not gonna come out of you. What's gonna come out is the, is the nasty, the ugly, the rancor, the yelling, the bitterness, all the stuff that Paul says, put that away. The words we use show the state of our heart and mind, and while there are many words in here in the year 2020 that I really am tired of and I never want to hear again, you've heard some of those words, right? Quarantine, lockdown, alone together. I really, I I don't want to hear social distancing anymore either. I want to have social closeness, right? (laughs) Let's, let's, you know what? It's like the old, uh, from The Parent Trap, the movie, I'm going to date myself because I'm super old, but Haley Mills, the song, I'm tired of saying let's do alone together. I'm, let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you and I combine? Let's get together. What do you say? We could have a real good time. I mean, I would. I'm longing for moments like that. I don't want to hear all these things. I'm tired of them all, but guess what? When I focus on what Paul's reminding me, what God is saying to me, and think on those things, I think I can make it through the rest of this year. And I think you can too. Because there are, there are, there are wonderful good things that God provides for us every single day, and we lose sight of it because there's so many words. Today, the sun is shining. Today, you got in your car and came to church. Today, you're watching online. You're doing church in a whole new way when people are saying you can't do church. Let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate the fact that we can worship God today. I'm thankful for so many things. When I start to think of what I'm thankful for and what is good in my life, it's so easy to walk away from all the ugly, nasty stuff. Because guess what? God is still in control. He's never not been in control, and his will will be what happens in America in 2020. So here's what I'm thinking about today. I'm a blessed man. I have an amazing wife. I have incredible kids. I got 4 of them. And when we were younger, we walk in with all the kids. People would look at us like, "Why do you have so many kids?" I'm like, "Why not have so many kids?" Especially when they're awesome. I have an honorary cat. Uh, I have a wonder dog. I use that term because the vet actually called our really, really, really old beagle a wonder dog. She's like 100 years old in dog years. And he's like, wow, she's actually healthy. I'm like, I thought she's been dying for like seven years. He's like, no, no, she's good. I'm like, okay, I got a great dog. She likes me in spite of the fact that I am am not a, a dog person, which is why I think she likes me so much, right? She's like, oh, you like cats better? Well, I'm gonna come make you pet me. I, I have so many things. I'm here with you guys today. This is the fourth time I've been with you and I love being here. What a blessing that is. I live in a sunny place with warm weather. No one I know, and I know I know there's a horrible disease out there and all this bad stuff, but no one I know personally has gotten sick or died from this. And I'm thankful for that. What a blessing that is. You know what? We got stuck in a house together, but I freaking love my family and i am so thankful that for the last six months all six of us have gotten to eat dinner together every night we've gotten to go do things together we social distance but we're still going out as much as we can i'm thankful that god has used this time to strengthen my marriage to help my kids i have never seen my kids enjoy being together more than i have now I've got a 21-year-old, an almost 20-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 12-year-old, and they all like being together. That's not normal. And it only happened because of this pandemic, this shutdown. So guess what? Yeah, I don't like the word, but I'm sure thankful for what happened from it. We get to go to Downtown Disney. It's not far away. Disneyland is still closed, Sally, and I'm anxiously awaiting the day when it reopens. But I can still get as close as I can, and I hear that music, my heart soars. And no matter what happens with the Supreme Court or COVID or the elections, I'm going to say it again, God is in control and I and you and all of us can put our faith and hope in him. The power of God's word, when we think on those things, when we do what Paul says, It will transform the words that we say and the things that we say will then transform how we act. And then we Christians will do what God called us to do at the beginning 2000 years ago, which is to transform this world and not be afraid of it and be bold with it and be who God called us and created us to be. What you say flows from your heart. Are you afraid? Are you terrified? Then stop focusing on those things. Are you worried about the future? Why? God is still in control. He's promised that he's, we may not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. He promises us that whatever things are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Let all of us together think on these things And that will transform our words, which transforms everything around us. Because how we say and how we act comes from here. Will you join me in prayer? Wherever you're at, if you're at home watching online, thank you so much for paying attention. Those of you here in the parking lot with me, thank you so much. I think God is trying to say something to us as Christians in in this year. It doesn't matter what we do, whether our church meets in person, whether we meet online, in cars. What matters is that we meet. What matters is that God is saying to us, don't give up what I've created for you. I am good. I am worthy. I am admirable. I am praiseworthy. I am honorable. Think on, if you can't think of anything else, then let's think on God and Jesus and the sacrifice that he made so we could live this incredible life with a promise of an even better life tomorrow. Dear Jesus, I just pray right now. I pray for these, these incredible friends. God, I thank you that we, we know there's so many things we can say and so many things that we can act on, but God, we're, we're tired of it. We're tired of the words. We're tired of hearing angry thoughts and bitterness and rage. God, help us, like Paul says, to get rid of it. When we start to feel anxious about the future, when we start to let our situation consume us, help us to remember that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. God, you are giving it to us. You have given it to us every single day. Your mercies are new every single morning. So why do we worry? Why do we use words that cause people to stress out or or feel like they can't be loved, especially when we're your children and you called us to love them as you have loved us. So God, today, let your transforming word transform us. Let our words over the next... God, we know there's an election coming up in November. So may the words we use before that day and after be only words that glorify you, that bring you honor, that lift other people up, Help us as Christians to not be the people who are tearing down anybody else, but to stand strong for what is true, what is right and honorable. And God, as you transform us in our hearts, I pray that there's anyone, if there's anyone watching online or is with us in a car today who has not let Jesus transform, make that first step, I pray, God, that you will open yourself up to them. They will sense your calling on their lives because God, we need you. We know we need you, we love you, and you have changed us, and you know that we can change others. So God, just do your work. Help us focus on you. Help us let go of all this other stuff, and may our words that we say as a church, as a Christian, in our homes, to our families, to the people we talk to, the people we work with, the people we interact with, may they look at us and say, wow, the things they say are so different than what everybody else is saying. And the reason they're different is because they're coming straight from you. Let that, let our words be your words. May you be glorified. God, change us. Change our hearts so our words reflect the goodness and greatness of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.